This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I'm Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of the Citizen Capital Studios in Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. Intern Nate, still on hiatus, but we have a four-legged friend instead in studio with us. Harper, the good girl, is here. Hello, Harper. She's still here. She's still here. Hey, uh, I think what you said about Stormy Daniels is looking slightly more likely to be true. What, about how uh, that scandal might end up taking down Trump? Yeah, seeing a lot of headlines about Michael Avenatti uh, undercovering a lot of, or unearthing rather, a lot of payments to uh, Michael Cohen's LLCs here. Yeah. And uh, who knows where that turns up, but doesn't smell very good yeah. uh, for, for Team Trump. Yeah, definitely looks shady as hell. Although I'm always questioning when I hear about some rich dude with ties to the Kremlin. I'm curious exactly how strong those ties are. That's true, but um, maybe it's not the Kremlin stuff. Yeah, We're hearing about AT and T trying to uh, uh, hire Cohen for whatever uh, services and, <sighs> and things like that. And uh, I, I believe there was a Korean manufacturing firm as well. So could just be good old fashioned uh, palm greasing here. Who yeah. knows? Michael Cohen, real life version of Saul Goodman, except bad, not good at it. <laughs> He, he, he's like Saul Goodman combined with the uh, lawyer from Arrested Development, who he actually does look like the uh, one. Blah, blah, blah. No, the one played by Henry Winkler. Mm. He was a different one. Okay. No haikus and lots of listener calls to get to at the end of the show. So let's just dive right into the day's stories. It's Wednesday, May 9th, 2018. Here's the news. <laughs> We begin with proceedings in the Senate Intelligence Committee where career CIA officer Gina Haspel had her confirmation hearing to be the next director of the spy agency. We all knew Haspel would be grilled about her past involvement in the CIA's post-9-11 torture program. Haspel had to have expected these questions. So here was Senator Mark Warner, the first Democrat to take a shot during the hearing, asking Haspel about it. And notice Haspel's very canned response. I mean, this thing was really massaged over. Do you believe the program, in terms of the interrogation program, was consistent with American values? Senator, as we sit here today, um, and with some distance between us and some 9-11, the Congress and indeed our nation have had an opportunity to have a debate about the interrogation standards we want to use as the United States of America. We have decided to hold ourselves to a stricter moral standard for DOD that is defined in the Army Field Manual. I support the United States holding itself to that stricter moral standard, and I support the Army Field Manual. But Ms. Haspel, that is answering on a legalistic... I, we're asking you to take on a position. I understand... Warner doesn't really attempt to get Haspel off script, but other senators try, and Haspel makes it clear during the hearing that she doesn't want to pass any moral judgments on herself or her colleagues' prior actions involving torture. In fact, she explicitly says that under questioning from Senator Susan Collins. I'm not going to sit here uh, with the benefit of hindsight 
and judge the very good people who made hard decisions who were running the agency in very extraordinary circumstances at the time. Drunk driving may kill a lot of people, but it also helps a lot of people get to work on time, so it's impossible to say if it's bad or not. <laughs> Thank you, Drill. Uh, also, we were just following orders here. Just following orders. Anyways, Democrats on the panel still attempted to get Haspel to condemn torture, to say it was immoral. Here's Senator Martin Heinrich, followed by Senator Kamala Harris. But I am interested in the question that Senator Warner asked you. We got a very legalistic answer to that question. Let me ask you again, were these the right thing to do? do are they consistent with American values, fundamentally? What do you believe? Senator, I believe very strongly in American values and America being an example to the rest of the world. Um, that is why I support the fact that we have chosen to hold ourselves to a stricter moral standard. But that's about Congress and all of us. I want to know what you think. I think that we should hold ourselves to a stricter moral standard, and I would never allow CIA to be involved in uh, coercive interrogations. Where was that moral compass at the time? One question I've not heard you answer is, do you believe that the previous interrogation techniques were immoral? Senator, I believe that CIA officers to whom you referred... It's a yes or no answer. Do you believe the previous interrogation techniques were immoral? I'm not asking do you believe they were legal. I'm asking do you believe they were immoral? Senator, I believe that CIA it's did extraordinary yes no work to prevent another attack on this country given the legal tools that we were authorized Please to use. Please answer yes or no. Do you believe in hindsight that those techniques were immoral? Senator, what I believe sitting here today is that I support the higher moral standard we have decided to hold ourselves to. Can you please to. answer the question? Senator, I think I answered the question. No, you've not. Do you believe the previous techniques, now armed with do you believe they were immoral? Yes or no? Senator, I believe that we should hold ourselves to the moral standard outlined in the Army Field Manual. Okay, so I understand that you're, you've not answered the question, but I'm going to move on. I mean, it's hard listening to. And again, I started out talking about the segment. Haspel knew she was going to get this question to condemn her past association with the torture program. She made a calculated decision not to do that. She's a career woman, and she's perhaps the perfect fit because of that to lead this rogue spy agency. She was involved in the torture. She helped cover it up. She won't condemn it. That's why she has the support of prior agency heads like John Brennan, like Michael Hayden, and also the support of dipshits like Tom Cotton. What message would we be sending if we didn't confirm you to the CIA, to the men and women of the CIA? to the GS-15s who may be asked to take on a controversial position that a future administration with new lawyers might not like. <laughs> might not like. Interesting way to describe an illegal torture program. Controversial decisions that future administrations might not like. This is, this is exactly uh, the sort of thing that Noam Chomsky means when he says that every president would have been tried under the uh, Nuremberg standards. <laughs> yeah. I will hand it to Cotton, though, who pretty much ethered Democrats on the panel, and Barack Obama for that matter, 
After all, this is all possible because Obama and Democrats excused Bush-era torturers like Haspel, like John Brennan. They were promoted. Here's Tom Cotton again. You said that you were not a senior manager when those programs were created. Is that correct? That's correct. Was John Brennan a member of the Senior Intelligence Service and the Deputy Executive Director at the time a senior manager, in your opinion? Senator, I believe Mr. Brennan was the deputy exter of the yes. agency at that time. And you'd consider that a senior manager position at the CIA? I believe it's a number four position. For John Brennan, who was confirmed to be the CIA director by the following members of this committee, Senator Warner, Senator Feinstein, Senator Heinrich, Senator Collins, Senator King, Senator Burr, Senator Manchin, Senator Wyden, and Senator Rubio. Yeah, yeah. Brennan, the uh, way up higher when the torture was going on. Uh, another thing that pissed me off about Democrats during this hearing is how they had to get, uh, or how they tried to get Haspel to denounce torture in terms of American values, doing yeah. air quotes. Torture is definitely an American value, uh, uh, considering all the awful things this country has done. One last thing about this hearing. Haspel is in a position where she's both the nominee being vetted by this committee and she's a classification authority personally determining which documents are released to the committee and which are not. It's a farce. Yes, an unusual arrangement or a farce. Check out this questioning from independent senator Angus King. Who's deciding what's classified and what isn't in terms of what's released to this committee? Senator, we are following the existing guidelines. There are very... Who's siding? We are following the existing guidelines. Who guide is we? Well, I, I have chosen to follow the guidelines that exist so for you the are RDI. The, you are making the classification decisions about what material should be released to this committee? I, I am electing not to make an exception for myself, <laughs> but I am adhering to existing RDI guidelines. Yeah, yeah. So, uh... <laughs> Later on in the hearing, uh, very, very nice of her to not make an exception for herself. Yeah. Later on in the hearing, Ron Wyden said, quote, so far, the American people have only been given information that is designed to get you confirmed. Everything else is classified. So, yeah, uh, given all that, I'm guessing she'll probably end up confirmed. <laughs> Over under on a well, I can't over under on a single senator voting. I was just gonna, <laughs> just going to put some action on Feinstein. Feinstein talked about in the hearing how she personally likes Haspel, but the CIA is withholding documents. So this is one of the hardest hearings Feinstein's ever sat in in her decades in the Senate. <laughs> Poor thing. As you're probably aware, there were a couple of primaries that wrapped up last night. In West Virginia, psychopath Don Blankenship mercifully lost in the Republican Senate race. The state's Democratic contest unfortunately saw a comfortable win by Joe Manchin, though left-wing challenger Paula Jean Swearingen managed to get 30% of the vote, receiving more votes than any Republican candidate and almost twice as many as Blankenship. In Indiana, Dan Cannon, who we had on the show, unfortunately lost. Wanted to give an uh, update on that. You can check out our interview with Dan from a few weeks ago. And in Ohio, the most-watched showdown was the governor's race between Richard Cordray and Dennis Kucinich. Cordray ended up winning comfortably with 62.3% of the vote. Kucinich only got 22.9%. Earlier in the day, though, Cordray's legacy suffered a defeat in Washington. Yesterday afternoon, the House voted to repeal a guidance issued by the CFPB when Cordray was director. 
The memo was issued to crack down on racial discrimination and auto lending. It has led to CFPB settlements with Ally Financial, Honda, Toyota, and Fifth Third Bank. Despite this, 11 Democrats joined all present House Republicans but two in voting to scrap the guidance. The Senate has already passed the legislation, so it now only needs President Trump's signature before becoming law. As noted previously on the show, the retail auto industry has engendered a disproportionate amount of subprime lending since last decade's mortgage meltdown, which, of course, was fueled by subprime lending. In other CFPB news, acting director Mick Mulvaney wants to do more restructuring of the Bureau. His latest plans include the shuttering of a student loan investigation division. According to the New York Times, career officials are nervous this could hinder an investigation of Navient, which is the largest student lender in the country. We often report on how Republicans have used what was previously a little-used tool known as the Congressional Review Act to decimate former President Obama's regulatory agenda. It allows lawmakers to repeal new federal regulations with a simple majority vote. That means no filibuster in the Senate. And if the CFPB auto lending guidance is any indication, it could go back to years-old guidances... Yeah, because that's what they used. Yeah, they used that for the uh, CFPB auto lending guidance, too. Well, Democrats in the upper chamber want to use the Congressional Review Act to preserve a vital piece of regulation from the Obama era, that being net neutrality. They want to use the CRA to repeal the recent FCC regulation that dismantled net neutrality rules. Democrats filed their discharge petition today after securing the necessary 50 votes. That's all 49 members of their caucus, plus Susan Collins. That will force a vote on the matter sometime before June 12th. I was about to laugh at discharge petition, but I don't want to be the cum town of politics. (laughs) Thank you for that. So we're going to have a Congressional Review Act vote sometime in the next month on repealing IG Pi's regulation that repealed the net neutrality rules from a few years ago. In 50 votes, the 50 that have signed on to this petition might be all the votes Democrats need, thanks to John McCain being stricken by cancer. There's only 99 senators right now. I got 99 sins, but McCain ain't one. <laughs> but, 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 before we go valorizing John McCain's cancer again for saving the day, the odds of this net neutrality CRA passing the House are virtually zero. Labor unions might finally be getting attention from Democrats again, at least on paper. Today, Bernie Sanders introduced a bill that would repeal large parts of Taft-Hartley, the landmark 1947 law rolling back the right to organize. Eleven Senate Democrats signed on as co-sponsors, including Kirsten Gillibrand, Cory Booker, and Kamala Harris, all of whom are possible 2020 contenders alongside Bernie himself. The bill is called the Workplace Democracy Act, A good part of it is essentially the Employee Free Choice Act, or EFCA, a proposal that would allow the creation of unions through signups rather than through elections, which can be subverted by scheming managers. When Democrats controlled Washington in 2009, a majority of House members supported the legislation, but Nancy Pelosi didn't even bring it up for a vote. Hence that whole on-paper comment at the beginning of this segment. Other provisions of the Workplace Democracy Act seek to modernize collective bargaining. The bill would grant labor rights to contractors such as Lyft and Uber drivers. It would also repeal rules on secondary boycotts and make it illegal for employers to force workers to attend campaign rallies. 
You remember when Mitt Romney posed with all those reluctant coal miners behind him? Huh? You remember that? Wasn't that wasn't that Blank's guy? Wasn't that Blankenship's firm? Ma- Massey Energy? I I, ooh, ooh, I I can't remember, but either way, Mitt Romney suddenly relevant again. Also Hot Dog. <laughs> hot dog. Also of note, the bill would ban state right to work laws enabling enabling employees to free ride on union agency fees. It would also codify into law the Obama-era joint employer standard set by the NLRB, which makes corporations like McDonald's liable for franchise labor practices. In a press release rolling out the legislation, Sanders' staff noted that unionized workers tend to make 26% more than their non-unionized counterparts. Here's one weird trick to solving inequality. Corporate Democrats hate this guy. And that will do it for the newscast today. Y'all went crazy last night on the listener rant line, so we're going to get to as many calls as we can right now. Hi. Um, I got a shout-out here today. Um, I know not all heroes wear uniforms, and sometimes they might get overlooked, so I want to give a shout-out to John McCain's tumor and say that we thank you for your service. And consider making your own Patreon uh, and allowing subscribers to vote on which, you know, dirty, misogynist, horny for war, pig man uh, can host next. You might be surprised by how supportive the community can be. Thanks. Not a bad idea there. And uh, I wonder how much we'd have to raise to get that tumor to travel to Tom Cotton. Well, I just want to say as uh, (laughs) as uh, Patreon uh, creators ourselves, we'll be happy to refer John McCain's tumor to the platform because I think we get a bonus of uh, whatever the cut that uh, they get in their first month. So keep that in mind if you're listening, uh, John McCain's tumor. Hey, Sentinel boys. This is one of the millions of cancer cells in John McCain's body calling back to give you guys another update. I can just tell you right now, it is like Times Square on New Year's Eve here right now. People are going nuts. Uh, probably the best thing has been uh, being able to witness the past few days through the eyes of John McCain. He's had some very interesting visitors at the ranch, uh, notably Tom Cotton, who stood in the corner in the dark, breathing very heavily, uh, watching McCain sleep, which made all of us uncomfortable. Um, and then John Bolton, who came up to John and wished him well, and then leaned down subtly and whispered in his ear that, He's going to have to wait a little while before John Bolden can spread ashes over the desolated Tehran. Um, and then he's also been having a lot, like more than you would expect, um, Vietnamese fever dreams. Uh, he is just a terrible, terrible man, and, uh, you know, he's about to do it. And by do it, I mean die alone and sad. Have a good day, guys. Well, thanks for the update, one of the millions of cancer cells in John McCain's body. I think I saw someone else tweet this, so I don't want to uh I don't want to steal this valor, but uh people people say that John McCain is a hero. I don't recall him defecting to the North Vietnamese, huh? <laughs> that would have been heroic. Hello, Sam, Sam, possibly Nathan. This is Matt from Rockville, Maryland. Just got three things for you boys. First off, Sam it is the Phoenix Coyotes, not the Arizona Coyotes. Head entry is alive and well in the DMV. Second off, I am a lifelong Caps and Habs fan, 
mostly cats. And this year, I decided as a form of self-care not to watch. I was like, What's, why, why do it? Why do it to yourself, Matt? And it looks like this might actually be the year that they fucking do it. So, fuck my life. I hope they win. But fuck. I'm going to keep not watching. I'm a man of my word. And third, uh, question for Macho Man Rampal's neighbor. Does drinking pee actually dehydrate you? Or does it give you the courage of the person whose pee you're drinking? Thanks, boys. Have a good one. I'm going to have to correct the caller there. They were the Phoenix Coyotes until 2014. They changed their name to the Arizona Coyotes after that. That is what they're presently known as. I hope uh, Macho Man Rand Paul's neighbor is out there, though, to answer that very pressing question about pee. My name is Patrick. I am the caller that calls in every once in a while to viciously defend the glorious, shining legacy of Internate. Um, I am, I feel lost, honestly. God, I, I'm so distraught to hear that Internate won't be part of the show anymore. Like, I'm, like, about to go out and buy a fucking bottle of whiskey right now. It, it, it's, it's, like fucking my head up. God damn it, Sam. This is what happens. You, you insult him to the point where he, he feels like there's no other way than to leave District Sentinel. And now I have been deprived of Nate's wonderful additions to the show. And I, I don't know what else to do. I, I, fuck you, Sam, honestly. Like, I, I, I don't know. So I guess this is it. Goodbye, Internate. I love you. Uh, Sam, piss off. I, I don't know what else to say. So maybe this is the final goodbye. I don't know <laughs> if I'll be calling in anymore because there's no more Internate to defend. So I guess this is it. Goodbye. Look, Internate is not going away forever. He's just, he's got some paperwork to fill out for his new job and he, he's he's a little tired after yeah. after work today. We'll see about that. He's upstairs right now. Yeah. He, he literally could be here. Yeah. And he, listening to this adulation. He is being a disappointment to you. He could be on right now. He's choosing not to. Think about who you hold up as heroes. Maybe we should only get internate for the uh, listener rant line. Let him take off for the, uh, yeah. the the news show. Hi, Sam. Hi, Sam. This is Isaac from Austin, Texas. I'm a, a first-time caller, long-time listener. Not really. Just like a couple weeks, but it's pretty good shit. Um, I was calling to inquire, does internate's recent career change maybe leave an opening in the Sentinel Fort? And if so, um, how does one apply to become a new intern um, on the Sentinel cast? Um, my resume is pretty shitty. My GPA sucked. But I promise that I will always, always wear shoes in the studio. Uh, anyway, keep up the good work. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll be listening to hear if you're, um, you're interested in my services. Thanks. I can field this one. I like what he's saying, though, about the shoes thing. Right, right, right. But but, but to apply to become uh, a, an intern here, uh, 
There's actually an open room in the basement if you want to rent that out <laughs> and actually live here. Yeah, you have to move in. Nate was interning. He he, he lives here, though. You know, he you have your own bathroom, here. your own entrance. It's, it's Your nice. own kitchen, too. Yeah, your own kitchen. Uh, yeah, consider that. The next intern has to live here. <laughs> hey, guys. This is Zach in North Carolina again. Um, so I know this isn't related to the show. But I was listening to This American Life, and I normally, you know, I normally enjoy it because, you know, it doesn't have to all be lefty podcasts all the time. Sometimes, you know, we can listen to some lip shit. But uh, their latest episode from May 6th, they uh, had this Turning Point USA girl on there, one of their drones. And basically all they did was give her a platform to share her shitty views and make the people protesting her seem like nut jobs. And it just made me really, really angry to see them giving a voice to fascists. So I got to say, um, we should stop listening to, uh, of course, you guys probably don't, don't listen to it at all. But anybody who does listen to This American Life should stop. I'm going to stop. And, uh, oh, I also wanted to uh, add to this, um, Nate still sucks. Fuck you, Nate. <laughs> Love you, Sam and Sam. Fuck Nate. Bye-bye. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad the listener... Uh turned away from this american life there are certain npr shows that i uh, i still like this american life is not one of them I, I i specifically remember the exact moment when i was laying in bed and i looked at my phone and i turned i opened the ipod the uh, the podcast thing and i'm like unsubscribe from this american life i'm never fucking listening to this shit again but I, I don't want to talk about the actual yeah. uh, thing that precipitated that. Just fuck this American life. I stopped listening after an episode about cops where they were yes, overly yes. defensive as cops were murdering people, unarmed people in the streets. Uh, well, uh, You had, uh, what's his face? Ira Glass. Ira Glass going, well, this is tough, job is actually pretty tough. Yeah, I, I didn't like, uh, actually the thing that made me off TAL was uh, the, their coverage of Ferguson. I just thought yeah. there was something about it that really fucking irked me the, long way, the wrong way, and I think that was even before the cop episode. Hi, this is billionaire and world savior Elon Musk. Just wanted to let you know that I have a girlfriend now, which is way more important than anything else you're putting on your news program, so why don't you talk about that the whole time? Okay. <laughs> Well, I've got more important things to do, so I'll talk to you later or not. Bye. Damn. Congratulations, Elon Musk, on the sex having. I have to say I would have respected Elon a lot more if he came out and said that he uh, was hanging him up and entering sex retirement. <laughs> Say. Hey, uh, I'm Mitch McConnell here. Just, uh... Uh, cocaine, cocaine, Mitch. It's uh, a little fitting. I just want to say, uh, uh, get wrecked on like shit. Cocaine, uh, cocaine, Mitch, calling in there. What idiot thought it was a good idea to call him Cocaine Mitch and not Mitch McQuaylude? <laughs> hey boys, this is Ronnie in Kentucky. This Trying out this new double Gatorade gravity bong on it, man. <laughs> yep. It works. Made on my two favorite flavors. Orange and that green and yellow. 
Matt, you guys uh, always, not you guys, everyone always argues. I don't know what color it is. (laughs) (laughs) Tell you what, it works. Scott Pruitt's a real piece of shit. Fucking love hearing all the press he's getting. And you know what, Greg in Cincinnati? I bet I can bowl better than you and hit a bong better than you and catch fish better than you. All right, Jeeves up. Damn, laying it down uh, on the gauntlet on uh, Greg and Cincinnati. The the, uh, the Kentucky Cincinnati rivalry. It's like the uh, the Hatfields and the McDonalds. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we await your response, Greg and Cincinnati. All right, one last call today. Hey guys, it's Leo. First time, medium time. I've got a little bit of a rant against. You, Sams, it's actually about the haikus. Now, I recently became a $5 a month uh, Patreon supporter of your fine program. And don't get me wrong, I love the show, I love what you guys do, and that's all great. But I guess I was under the impression that, as a supporter, I got to write my own haiku? I don't know. You never explicitly say that on the show, but I sure had that impression. I mean, it was nice that you dedicated the haiku to me, I guess. But, uh, well, anyway, might want to be a little clearer about that in the future. Uh, Keep doing what you're doing. See you later. Got to say, Leo, you're the first one who's been confused by this. Leo... I, I, I don't understand why you wouldn't just read your haiku in the yeah, rant line. that was your chance. I'll tell you what, Leo. Call back, read your haiku, and we'll play it on air. Okay? That goes for anybody. If you want to call the rant line and read a haiku, we let you do that. You don't even need to pay five bucks to do that. You can just call. It's labor. <laughs> uh, thank you to all the callers. Call the rant line, 202-684-6108. Sponsors of the show include the Congressional Dish Podcast, hosted by Jen Briney. Find it at congressionaldish.com. Another sponsor, levelnews.org, and Citizen Capital. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Tune in by searching for District Sentinel Radio. Give us a review. Give us a rating. Tell your friends to listen. The newscast will return tomorrow. We're in D.C., so you don't have to be.